We're joined by Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford with the Legislative Black Caucus, the State House. And LaShawn, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, you've got uh, an agenda you're looking to um, get across the finish line come after the November election. How you doing, man? Good, Greg. Uh, Bishop, thanks for having me on the airway. Yeah, no, absolutely, especially with this new blowtorch we got of 92.7 FM. Uh, so, you know, watching some of yesterday, uh, it's important conversations and following uh, the press conference you guys had up in Chicago. Uh, they held a virtual hearing to talk about police reforms. That's just one of the elements of the Legislative Black Caucus's agenda. Lay it out for us. What are we talking about? You know, we're talking about just making sure that, let's keep it simple, let's make sure that black people in the state of Illinois have the same opportunities as relates to being able to be free citizens to walk down the street and not be harassed by police if you're not doing anything but walking or driving while black. We want to make sure that we have opportunities to prosper and have contracts within the government. We know that um, black people are left out of contracts when you look at the Uh, contract opportunities throughout the agency, blacks are left out. We want to make sure that there's high-quality education in our neighborhoods. And most of all, we definitely need to make sure that we address what we've learned in the um, the pandemic, that the life expectancy of black people is lower than our peers. And that has everything to do with the quality of life in neighborhoods. And we want government to do as it has done for um, other communities, the same in black communities. When it comes to that uh, economic component, um, what's the best way to achieve more opportunities for uh, areas that uh, have historically uh, been disadvantaged, either by lack of investment or a lack of programs? How do we foster uh, that type of economic opportunity? Because, Representative, you know, as uh, even taxpayers uh, all over the state know, Government can't do anything without tax revenue from uh, economic uh, activity. Uh, that's right. So how do, how do we ensure that uh, we have enough economic activity in the state that's been hurting uh, to, to, to offer up the types of programs and to offer up that well, type of opportunity? Well, Bishop, i got to tell you, when you drive around the state of Illinois, when you see um, road projects happening, you will be hard-pressed to find a diverse group of people that's working in and on those projects. When you see um, in the city of Chicago and on 55, 57, 290, you're not going to see too many black people working on those projects. So we could start right there. Government has the ability to make sure that we are fair and equitable as it relates to government contracts. In the very community that I live, where I pay property taxes, where I pay taxes, we in this community barely see black people on road projects and contracts um, that relates to um, development of the community. And so you see um, buildings going up, cranes going up. Many of them have um, contracts with IDA. That's the Illinois Housing Development Authority. Many of them have um, federal dollars that they get um, to do these projects. Those are supposed to be um, a diverse workforce. So we, one, before we start telling private businesses how they should hire people and how they should be diverse, 
I think governments should make sure it leads the way and be fair as it relates to contracts and opportunities. I'm talking with Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford, 644 now on WMAY. And we're talking about the Legislative Black Caucus legislative agenda. You guys are looking to get done for the uh, fall veto session after the November election. Uh, Representative, while I've got you here, uh, you know, there's been a lot of focus on Chicago, a lot of focus on uh, the violence in Chicago. And uh, in previous conversations we've had, um, you know, it's been about how can we control uh, poverty and uh, reverse that because uh, a lot of times uh, crime comes from poverty or uh, the lack of opportunity uh, drives the, the, the violence rate that there may be. What's being done in Chicago uh, to uh, curb that violence? Because uh, I tell you, when we hear stories down here in Springfield about uh, a toddler getting shot or you know somebody that was uh, you know, a child in a car, it's just it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. Bishop, you you talk to me always offline about how you feel about that, and I appreciate your compassion as it relates to Chicago's violence. You know, the mayor has a real serious problem here in Chicago. And uh, it starts with uh, making sure that we work with the federal government. We need the federal government to help us up here in Chicago. Whether it's um, making sure that we have um, Trump and his administration cut the flow of illegal guns trafficking into the city's west and south sides of Chicago. And we have to make sure that we um, reach out to the president to make sure that he does everything to stop the illegal drugs that's coming into our neighborhood. So between drugs and guns and the um, relationships between the police and the black community, we have a recipe for criminals. And what happens now, you have more people that sort of end their life expectancy as relates to how long they're going to live and what type of economic power they will have while living. So they're either going to be killed or they're going to go to jail or they're going to have a felony. And you have a community that that's put in a predicament where it's very, very difficult to survive. And so you have violence and crime because you have a, a slew of guns uh, uh, and lots of drugs coming in. And that's going to be uh, a recipe for what we see in Chicago right now. Well, how do how, but how do we also how do we also address that, but also maintain um, you know a a, a I guess a, a safe environment uh, with with businesses there. We've seen other types of violence happen with uh, you know uh, the, the property destruction and so on. Um, how do how do we curb that type of activity as well? Yeah, you know, and what we what we see now is you said um, the property damage is happening now in communities like on our Gold Coast and downtown mm-hmm. at the Magnificent Mall. Right. And one, it's spilling over from people that's coming from out of the state that's doing this, as well as people that have a feeling that they have a right to do this because and they've they been left out of, into the, it. Right. of the economy. Sure. And I don't think that's right. State Representative LaShawn Ford uh, joining us and uh, just here before the break. I uh, want to get your reaction as well. Um, yesterday during the press conference, and I uh, talked with the Sheriff's Association to get their reaction. Uh, there was a, a civil rights attorney there. He said, uh, essentially, and I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but he said that policing is racist to its core, I think was what he said. 
the Sheriff's Association's reaction was, how can we even have a legitimate conversation about police reforms if that's the starting point for some people? Can you, can you react to that? You know, I can, and I think that they have every right to feel that way um, when, um, when, if they're serious about having a conversation. That's why my proposal would be to make sure that the Chicago police have the ability to have a say in um, real negotiations of the contract and real negotiations for their members. That's why I'm going to very soon propose that the Chicago police superintendent is elected by the people and not appointed by the mayor. That's going to make sure that just like the teachers union, the teachers union fight very hard for their members. We need a police superintendent that's going to go to the table that understands what's happening in these communities and blast the mayor, blast the um, state legislature and say, you all need to do your job to make sure that we don't have to deal with the repercussions of your failed schools, your failed um, systems that's creating criminals. So I think that's where we have to start. We have to make sure that we all come together here. But but is the way to do that, though, labeling an entire industry as racist to its core? And those weren't yeah. your, those weren't your words. Those were those, right. those were words of somebody at the press conference yesterday. But I just wanted you to to react to yeah, those I who may be that, off and put uh, off by that. I, you know, I think that you can't call every police, and I don't think that the um, attorney Schiller was calling the um, police in the departments racist to the core. I think that what he was saying was that there is a system in place that coddles and protects. Um, racist behavior. And when we hear the Chicago um, police uh, superintendent, not the Chicago um, police head of the union, the president of the Chicago Union Association, constantly talk about lock them up, beat them, and do things like that, instead of thinking of ways to bring peace and harmony to, to, to the table, then that's what we begin to think that is racist to the core. Not the police officers, sure. because yeah. there are great white police officers, black police officers, and um, Latino and police officers absolutely, yeah, across the spectrum. Representative, that's all the time we've got. These are going to be ongoing conversations, and I appreciate you being part of it. And uh, we'll connect again in the near future, all right? Thank you, Bishop. Thank you.